Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And good morning. I am Heather Caro. And I am Nathan Sather. And we are broadcasting today from the Fargo Studios here in Fargo, North Dakota. Nathan? Glad to be here with you. I'm glad to be here with you here as well, although I have to admit the Real Presence Radio Banquet in Fargo was last night. I am exceptionally tired. (laughs) I would like a nap. (laughs) So we're going to take two hours of silence. Yeah. (laughs) It's nap time. Here's your Real Presence Radio embossed uh, pillows and and blankets. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk about things you can acquire from Real Presence Radio later. Later, yes. So, well, before we get too far, Nathan, will you uh, start us with prayer? Yeah, absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dearest Lord Jesus, we thank you for all of your gifts and blessings. We especially thank you for the gift of our own lives and the lives that we share with each other through this network that you've established in your love and through your goodness that we call the RPR Network. We ask you to bless our staff and all those that volunteer and work for the station but most especially each and every one of our listeners. Make this day a day in which, through this network and this apostolate, you can bring all of us closer to your most sacred heart. And we ask these things through the intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother Mother of God, God, pray pray for for us sinners, sinners, now now and at the the hour hour of our our death. death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nathan. Thank Appreciate you. that. It's easy to pray for our listeners. I mean, that's, that's that, low-hanging fruit. It really is. Yeah, yeah. It's essential. <laughs> <laughs> well, this morning we have a lot of great guests lined up, and a little banter time for Nathan and I, because we have never hosted together. Well, we haven't. And we're concerned about the amount of grace in one place. Like, what <laughs> impact might this have on you and I being together in the same studio? Uh, could there Get be ready. explosions, lightning storms? I Get mean, will ready, people folks. just change and start loving each other? We're going to go. We're going to find out. We're going to go national. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, let's head into our first guest. John Clock is with us this morning. John, thank you for joining us. It's good to be here. Yeah, so tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, I um, I was uh, raised in Fargo, North Dakota here, and um, also lived in Jamestown for a few years when I was a, a young child. But um, I, out of, out of high school, I went to seminary for several years and received wonderful formation and um, discerned uh, I wasn't called to the priesthood, but... Um, was really grateful for that time, and um, and currently I'm working at uh, Catholic Charities North Dakota here at the Pastoral Center and uh, doing fundraising. And you know, my office is right next door to all the diocesan people, all the you know the evangelization, catechesis, youth ministry, and everything. And so um, I was talking with my my coworkers here, and they said, "Hey, do you want to?" Uh, help us out with young disciples? And I said, uh, sure. Why not? I'd love to. So 
So, so John, can I ask you a question? Sure. Does anyone ever give you any flack for being from Jamestown? Because <laughs> you can't hold against someone where they lived when they were a child. I just want to emphasize that. It wasn't that. their choice. It's, it's, it's not the choice of people to be from Jamestown. I know. No, it, it was... I know. <laughs> no, it was... Uh, um, it was a, a good good place uh, to be, and I, I was uh, there at St. John's Academy until, well, I guess through kindergarten. So, yeah, it was a nice nice little place, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> were, were you there when it was established as a basilica, by chance? I don't, you know, it's it's pretty foggy for me back then. I, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, it was a basilica. I don't know when. Oh, yeah, was. I, was, I was a small boy when it tra- uh, transitioned from being, you know, I don't want to say a regular church because that sounds terrible, but the transitioning <laughs> process to becoming a minor basilica, it was a big deal. I, I remember oh, wow. that very distinctly as a child. <laughs> yeah, I think that was a little bit before I got there. Gotcha. Cool. Very cool. Well, you mentioned young disciples. How did you uh, first learn about them and what are they for the listeners? Well, young disciples is an apostolate of the Diocese of Fargo, and it's, uh, it's basically a summer program. Uh, it was started in 2001. And uh, we, we recruit uh, these young adults, age 18 to 30, uh, to be young disciples. And they basically travel around uh, North Dakota and uh, a little bit of Minnesota and, um, um, and, and even beyond, um, putting on vacation Bible schools and uh, like teen mission nights. And um, a little interesting bit of history I learned was that before young disciples started, there was something called Sister School that, I don't know if either of you have heard of that, um, the, uh, some religious sisters, I don't know which order, but religious sisters back, I suppose, in the 90s, 80s, earlier, uh, would travel around doing similar things uh, for rural parishes in, um, in North Dakota. And when that ended, uh, I think young disciples, um, you know, kind of came in to fill in that need for... Um, for vacation Bible schools uh, in these parishes. Well, and, oh, well, yeah. well I, I can tell you, John, my mom, she was born in 46. Mm-hmm. Uh, she would tell stories of every year the sisters would travel to Kinsel, North Dakota. That's where my mm-hmm. mom was from. Mm-hmm. And they would put on like a two-week catechesis, CCD, whatever you want to call it. I, don't, I'm yeah. not, I have no idea historically <laughs> if that was the quote-unquote sister school or not. I think it was. But, but yeah. my mom, as a ch- as a child, and telling me this obviously when I was a child, those were just sacred, sacred moments with the mm-hmm. sisters, and really enkindled in all those kids a real desire for for Jesus and their mm-hmm. Baltimore catechisms and, and all those <laughs> kinds of things. Yeah. That was a very uh, instrumental part of my mom's mm-hmm. faith formation growing up. She talked about it a lot. Would sing me the songs that they sang. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. That's awesome. Oh, that's beautiful. I mean, that sounds a lot like what we do. I mean, we have a lot of a lot of fun songs, goofy songs, uh, and um, yeah, it's just a it's a really special program. Now, are, are you taking over that from from Mary Hanbury, or how is that behind the scenes baseball sort of stuff? <laughs> no, um, yeah, Mary is the director, and um, so I'm I'm kind of the I'm basically just the recruiter slash assistant um, for a few months here while we. Get get uh, get the program restarted. You know, it's been it's been actually two two summers without young disciples because of uh, the, the uh, COVID pandemic. So um, so we're just really working hard to um, get it all back online and get 
get our teams filled up. Gotcha. So, so those listeners who are familiar and have used it before can still do the same process, reach out to Mary Hanbury. That, that portion of it's not changing. Correct. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what this means for some of these rural parishes. Um, what does this mean to have young disciples come in for them? Wow. You know, I think, um, you know, as a kid, I never really went to a vacation Bible school. I think I, I, think I missed out. You know, I mean, I mm. think they, they are, um, for rural parishes especially, um, the, the logistics of putting on a vacation Bible school are, mm-hmm. are very, um, very challenging. You know, uh, you know and that, that's if you order, you know, like a kit from a company, you know. Which like can the, be expensive. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so these vacation Bible schools that we put on, they are kind of a homegrown um, curriculum, and uh, that's kind of been, you know, just built up and kind of uh, modified over the years with different themes, and, um, and it's very, uh, very orthodox uh, curriculum. And so not only is the the curriculum good, but we, we really do want to draw the, the kids into a relationship with Jesus and uh, with the Catholic Church. And um, so, yeah, just the, the opportunity of, of uh, ministering to these kids who, who are just like, like all of us are hungry for, for Jesus, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, I think you hit on a really interesting point or a good point is that you know, growing up, my when my daughter was growing up, we moved around a lot. So we mm. moved in Tucson, Arizona, and Spokane, Washington, and mm-hmm. you know, in those locations, they didn't have a Catholic uh, vacation Bible school. It was all Christian, which was absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. But that's all she was exposed to, and that's such a small part of our faith when you think about it. Mm-hmm. So to when I moved to Sioux Falls, and they had more opportunities. And she could actually mm-hmm. go to a vacation Bible school that was Catholic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, how important is that? It's great. I mean, yeah, we have, uh, I mean, some of the highlights, you know, for us are we have these little um, little mass kits that are kid-sized, everything. <laughs> uh, we have little vestments and little habits that the kids can try on. It's very, um, you know, we, we feature saints and the mysteries of the rosary and everything, and so it's very very rich in our Catholic traditions. So looking at uh, your recruiting for young disciples, so how does that work? Do you get word of mouth? Do you go out and see who goes to daily Mass? I mean, what does it look like mm-hmm. for you? Well, you know, that's where I thought maybe you guys could help me. Hey! <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, um, our recruiting is, um, yeah, you're right. It's definitely based on word of mouth, Um our former disciples are our best recruiters, mm. and so and a lot of a lot of disciples return for a second or even a third summer, and so um, that's why this this year is very pivotal for us to to um, to bring back the recruitment because you know the the disciples who were in the program basically three years ago they could be graduated from college they might be married or who knows so um, so yeah we. Uh, word of mouth. Um, we have we have a Facebook presence, so you could find young disciples on Facebook, um, and then Fargo Diocese, uh, our, our website. Um, there's a section on young disciples with all the information and all the applications and everything you could you could want. So if I'm 
hearing you talking, John, and I'm curious about doing this. What are you going to ask of me for my summer if I decide to mm. uh, actually step out into the into the deep of rural North Dakota and Minnesota and, and give my heart to Jesus for a young disciple's summer as a volunteer? Yeah. Well, basically, uh, you know, the, the, the time commitment is May 19th to August 2nd. And, uh, and within that, we have two weeks of, of uh, training at the beginning, and then there you do about eight weeks of camps. And so, so what we ask is, are you ready to work on a team of about four, four people, four young disciples? Are you ready to travel around in a van with lots of supplies uh, to put on these camps and uh, stay with host families um, at host parishes? And uh, and just have a lot of fun. You'll be tired, but you will meet a lot of amazing people, kids and adults. And uh, you'll be able to share the faith with uh, with these kids. Is is the van that they're going to be riding in? Is it one of those old like nineteen seventies <laughs> Volkswagen awesome. buses? Yeah, with curtains and yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you you just post a, little... a picture of the of the diocesan <laughs> Volkswagen bus and you will get some people. They, yeah. they might be fifty nine year old. Uh, 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 you know, they might be older than yeah. the age thirty timeline. Is your name going to be on the list, Nathan? <laughs> my wife and I might volunteer for the Volkswagen bus young disciples team. That you know, I, I think we should. I think we should make that happen. You know, um, I think. Uh, you know, maybe with some generous uh, benefactors. You know, yeah, we we do rental vans, and um, so they're just they're your typical uh, minivans, and uh, nice. yeah, they work pretty well for us. So, I'll I'll, I'll work the angles. Father Jasinski's still down there. <laughs> <laughs> he is. Yes. All right. Well, I know they're coming out with the all electric Volkswagen bus. Oh, so this could, yeah, we could the modern and the old come together in rural North Dakota with We're the in big Jamestown bus. and have nowhere to plug in. <laughs> power we need yeah 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 we'll see how far the holy spirit can power the uh the volkswagen bus i'm not sure how that works with the incarnation or not but we'll 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 try to find a charge station if we have to funny we'll get it we'll make it work but no we are we are coming up on on the break john so we'll get you on the other side we'll talk a little more young disciples we'll get into a little bit more about how these impact our parishes and you can have a chance to listen to this on the other side of the break you're listening to the real presence radio network Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. If you have ever been through the hell of deep darkness and suffering, like the suicide of a loved one, do you know that your experience may be helpful to someone else? I'm Father Chris Alar. Mercy is defined as a particular mode of love that when love encounters suffering, it does something about it. And when you exercise the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, you are truly loving your neighbor. 
Jesus said, when a soul approaches me with trust, I fill it with an abundance of graces that it cannot contain it within itself, but radiates them to other souls. Let us show you how to be that radiator and find healing for yourself in the process. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, the Executive Director of Riverview Place in Fargo. The blessing of our foundation built on faith and our sense of fellowship strengthens our sense of safety, security, and community. This is what the region has come to rely on at Riverview Place for the past 35 years. We'd love to have you join us. Call 701-237-4700 to set up a tour today or check us out at homeishere.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back. I am Heather Carroll. And I am Nathan Sather. And we are your hosts today. We're broadcasting from the Fargo Studios. It's a joy to be up here in Fargo. Came up for the banquet that happened last night. And man, what a crowd. It was a huge crowd. And I had I was not familiar with the speaker. I think I've seen her before mm-hmm. on um, some Bishop Strickland stuff. She works sure. down in the Tyler, Texas diocese with him. And I've watched some of their stuff on like covid vaccinations and whatever yeah, yeah. else that would totally be up um, but i was blown away she right. was fantastic absolutely we're going to talk more about that the next half hour but right now we're talking with john clocky uh he is working with the diocese of fargo and they are on the hunt for some young disciples and we've been chatting about what that is and who they are um what is the age group for a young disciple they're um, age 18 to 30 so yeah, most most of our young disciples are uh, in co- you know in college. Okay. Yeah. And do they get paid anything for this summer? They do. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's wow. a yeah. There's a fifteen hundred dollars stipend, um, and so um, yeah, it, it definitely beats you know sitting at home, you know, mowing the lawn or that that sort of thing. Playing Fortnite. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. My college <laughs> student should mow my lawn. Somebody should. I should get her on that. <laughs> they should be young disciples. They should be young disciples is what they should oh, be. <laughs> so what has it meant for you uh, working, uh, recruiting young disciples? How has it impacted you, John? Well, you know, young disciples, and actually, maybe I didn't say I was a young disciple. Did, oh. did you know that? Yeah. We did not. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's so, obviously gotten worse over the years, is what you're telling yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> just, there was that one year that was so epic. great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah. You know, I mean, recruiting and being a young disciple myself, you know, it really has um, affected you know my my life, uh, my walk um, with Jesus. You know, because um, being able to pass on the faith is it's almost you know you know in a might sound silly, but, you know, it's kind of a rite of passage in a way for, you know, if you're doing Young Disciples as a college student, because, you know, as a as a high schooler and younger, you receive a lot, you know, you receive um, catechesis and, you know, ministry and everything, and, um, and 
being able to kind of step out and and share the faith with the next generation or half a generation younger than you um, is really powerful. And and seeing you know that these kids can can begin praying. You know, we we kind of teach them this very simple you know prayer method that they can kind of just learn on their on their fingers basically um but you know it's a method that is powerful for adults too i think um it was pal uh, praise yeah. ask listen i believe is, yep. is what it was and um it's like i'm really good at asking but you know <laughs> praise and listening you know that's that's powerful and if you can teach kids to do that and if you can remember to do that as an adult that's you're you're doing pretty well you know yeah, absolutely. Now, John, I, I used to do youth ministry uh, mm-hmm. back in the day, mm-hmm. and it was always an interesting uh, part of the parish dynamic of what kind of summer activity we were going to do for, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, vacation Bible school. Mm-hmm. And some people really are on board with young disciples. Some people want to do other things. We actually mm-hmm. did something different every year just to kind of mix it up a little bit. Yeah, and I thought there was some value. It almost made like the young disciples um, in our mm-hmm. parish a more—I don't want to say novel because it's, mm-hmm. it's not new. It's not like they'd never come before. Mm-hmm. But it—I it, thought the impact was was heightened in a certain sense by having something different every year, so that the young disciples were um, maybe more impactful because now the kids are seeing people that are more close to their age. They're seeing younger mm-hmm. people. It's not just mm-hmm. moms and dads or whoever else you bring in to help you with it. Right. What do you, th- I don't have experience from parishes that do this more often. How mm-hmm. do you, how, how would you describe the impact of young disciples in those parishes that maybe don't do this once every five years, but do do it regularly? Maybe because they have to, because that's the best way they can get some kind of education for their children in the summertime. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess I'm not sure. I um, I think that, well, I think that if a parish does it multiple years in a row, they get um, kind of our, you know, our cycle of, of uh, camps, you know, that we've kind of fine-tuned over the years. Um, I'm, I'm, we have four, I believe we have four camps that are based on the each set of the mysteries of the rosary. And so... Um, so I suppose if you only do young disciples every four, three, four, five years, you might um, you might get you know a little bit of repetition, uh, which is totally fine because you know the the kids get older and um, and you'll have you'll have new kids. Um, but I think that um, um, if you if you have young disciples every year, of course you get that variety and. Um, and you, I mean, you, you know that you're going to get a consistent, um, you know, it, it's, we don't want to say product, but you're going to get a consistent quality of curriculum mm-hmm. and, uh, and good, good volunteers working at it. So, and we think a lot about what the students at each of these or parishioners, young parishioners are getting, but I think also mm-hmm. the young disciples um, they're there to volunteer and they're there to quote unquote work. Mm-hmm. But can you say what, um, how it changed your life being a young disciple? Wow. Yeah. You know, I think it, it really did help me to, um, 
you know, to take on that kind of a mantle of, you know, just responsibility as, as an adult Catholic, you know, mm-hmm. to share the faith, and just to, I think it, it helped me to grow in confidence um, just with, with speaking, with, um, with sharing the faith, um, and um, yeah, it's, it's hard to put your finger on, but I, mm-hmm. I, one thing that I've, I've, that keeps coming to me is I, I think that every, you know, young Catholic, you know, college age, you know, who's just, who really just loves the Church and loves Jesus, I think, I think every young Catholic should do some, at least something like this, you know, um, to, to develop in their own faith and just kind of their ability to, to be a leader in, um, in, in their faith. You know, and I, I totally agree. I think all those parish ministries that are ordered towards children mm-hmm. um, are actually ordered towards the ministers, so to speak, the adults. Mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. we had a Bible study uh, with, an, uh, I'll say, a, a, a wiser person in our parish. <laughs> and I said, I want you to come. She, she basically gave a sharing during the Bible study about how she didn't know her faith was so rich and in, in, mm. in depth and this was changing her life and mass was more meaningful and i'm like mm-hmm. you are coming on wednesday to talk to our kids about this mm-hmm. oh i can't do that you know I, i'm not a good speaker and, mm-hmm. and i i pushed her to do it and she did do it but the whole mm-hmm. time i wasn't worried about what the kids were going to get from her mm-hmm. i wanted her to practice talking about how this impacted her so that it would be easier to talk to whoever she's having for coffee or whatever the case may be. Yeah, right. And, and I do see, like, if you know a young person who's in this age range of 18 to 30, and you're like, wow, they're holy. Maybe they could be a religious sister. Maybe they could be a priest. Maybe they mm-hmm. would be an excellent mother and, you know, uh, knock it mm-hmm. out of the park with what kind of awesome kids they'd have or whatever. Mm-hmm. This might be an opportunity for them to become the person God created them to be. Absolutely. Not suggesting the children aren't important, but that's my view. The people yeah. who are ministering are the ones we want to reinforce and reemphasize and encourage them in their growth in holiness. They'll impact hundreds, if not thousands, of people in a lifetime, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If we're only thinking about the 15 or 30 kids that mm-hmm. are, are in our, our individual parish, I think we're missing the greater point. So I would encourage mm-hmm. the listeners that holy person that you know that's a young person who's kind of on fire for Jesus, what might this be able to do to them going forward and yeah. impact their life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely is, um, you know, what, like some of the challenges of, of being in Young Disciples are, you know, you, you have to uh, be generous, right? Yeah, a lot more generous maybe than you are used to being just as a, you know, college student or young adult or whatever. Oh, yeah, um, seventh grade boys are the worst. <laughs> I was yeah. one. I've got experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, you have to be generous. You have to, uh, you, have to um, you know, stay with host families and be a gracious guest and everything like that. And so you really, you really are stretched to um, grow as, you know, as, and, and mature. And, you know, these are, some of these skills are the exact same skills that um, someone needs to learn when they get married or... You know, mm-hmm. discern a religious vocation. You know, so yeah, absolutely. It's it. We minister to the kids, but it, it also is a formation for the young disciples. So, John, we're uh, running down to the end of our interview here. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, if someone is listening and they know someone that they think would fit the bill, or someone is listening and they want to maybe look into young disciples a little bit more and become one, where would they go and how would they go about it? 
Yeah, I think the best place to uh, start would be um, look at our website, fargodiocese.org slash YD. And there's a ton of information there. And really, um, I, I'd strongly encourage you, just just give me or, or Mary Hanbury a call um, and ask ask away, ask all your questions. And uh, we would just love to um, talk with you or if you have referrals of anyone who you think, you know, you'd like us to just, you know, poke on Facebook and, you know, plant the seed, you know. Um, yeah, just... Um, yeah, just check uh, check us out on on our website and uh, give us a call. And then, how many students are you looking for, or disciples? Yeah, we we would love to have um, like three teams, so maybe uh, twelve or so young disciples would be wonderful. All right, very good, John. Any last thoughts before we let you go? Wow. Well, you know, um, I, I said that we had uh, two summers without it, so uh, because yeah. of COVID, and so. This is a like an important year for us, and it, but also it's our twentieth year of having uh, young disciples camps, and so um, it's kind of a special anniversary for us. And uh, we just, uh, I just want to encourage people to not be afraid and and uh, you know consider this as a, as an opportunity to serve. And, and, and I would encourage folks too. Like, if if you heard those dates of May nineteenth through August second, and you're like, "Oh, mm-hmm. my brother's getting married," or I couldn't start until May twenty fifth because of whatever. Mm-hmm. If if the door has been cracked, just make the phone call, yeah. go on the website, and see what they say. I, I, explore it, and if God wants it to happen, the door will remain open. And if He doesn't, He'll close it. So let let Him yeah. figure that part out. Definitely, yeah. All right, John Clocky, thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you so much. It was great to talk with you. Yeah, thank, thank you, John. You. Yep. All right, folks, up next, it's a little banter time for Nathan and I. So we'll uh, recap a little bit of the banquet that we had last night and then talk with Lori Calgard. She's going to join us and talk about some fun opportunities here at RPR. Some merch. Merch. <laughs> I love it. It's like I get to go shopping and support RPR. I love it. And we'll get it on the other side of the break. Yeah, we'll be right back. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.